generations and they happen to be passing through on their way for a revival in Carson City. Very, very happy to have them in the house of God today. They're going to be with us for a few services. We want God to touch us. Amen. And we want to be open to receive of God in the house of God. Praise God. So we are very, very thankful that young men and young women are being used of God. Praise God. And uh, we're very excited that they are with us. We welcome them in this place today. And today, it doesn't matter that it's Father's Day. We need to be careful that we don't get stuck on special days and don't have good church. That's dangerous. <laughs> so it's Father's Day, but it's also time to have church in the house of God today. Amen. I want us to clap our hands and lift up the name of the Lord as he comes to this pulpit. Brother Claiborne, God bless you. Come preach the word. We appreciate that you are with us. Amen. You may be seated momentarily. Amen. What a pleasure and honor it is to be here in service with you this morning. Amen. Um, I'm going to save some of my uh, remarks for this evening. Uh, just to make sure I have uh, appropriate time to uh, see what the Lord will do this morning. Um, but just very briefly, I do want to uh, give honor to your pastor and his family, the Bradfords, of course, Bishop Frost and his family as well. Uh, so appreciative of the invitation to come and the entire leadership team and pastoral staff. Uh, appreciate them. I have the privilege of knowing some of them, uh, not as well as I would like to. Uh, but I hope to, hope to get to know them more, and I hope to get to know all of you more after service as well and over these next few days. Uh, thankful for the beautiful faces I see looking at me this morning. Thankful for the saints of God. Amen. Um, I'm also very thankful for the most beautiful face in the room, and that's the face of my wife. Uh, of course, I'm very biased. Um, Sister Claiborne, so glad she's here with me. Uh, my traveling partner, we've been married for uh, about a year and three months or so now, so uh, we're newlyweds, and uh, we don't have it all figured out, but we're happy, and we're blessed. Amen. Amen. Um, I also want to say it's good to see my friend, uh, Brother Josiah Winkler. Almost lost you there for a minute. Good to see him and, and his wife, the Winklers, such precious people. Amen. And uh, we are praying for you in the upcoming event. Amen. In, in your life. And uh, we are excited for that as well. Um, last but certainly not least, uh, I, I do want to mention that I know I have family in this church. Now, I don't know. Forgive me. I'm, I'm still a young man. And perhaps the last time I saw you, I, I may have been so young, my memory fails me. So please do not take it personally. But if you do know me or my family, or if you are a family member, I would love to meet you after service. <laughs> Please don't be shy. Come introduce yourself to me. Uh, again, amen. Maybe we need to have more family reunions. I don't know. Uh, but I do know, I did see uh, a great aunt, Frances, uh, Sister Frances Newton. Amen. She is a family member. Amen. If you're a Newton in this church, you're probably related to me, just so you know. Amen. So, so good to see her. I was able to come to the Acts 238 conference, I think, four or five years ago, and I stayed in her house. She allowed me to stay with her. And uh, we had such a great time. So, so good to see you. Amen. Hope you remember me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, without further ado, I do want to turn to the word of the Lord. Um, I do want to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2. 
verses one through four. I apologize, I did not give this to the media team in advance, so they are, they're flying with me today. Acts chapter two, verses one through four, uh, verses 14 through 18, and then verse 21. So we're hopping and skipping through this. Acts two, verses one through four, then verses 14 through 18, and then verse 21, amen. I'm going to try to be uh, intentional, but also um, move at a, at a good speed this morning because I want to give God time to move and to operate in each and every one of our lives. Amen. What, what, one of the things that makes us different and distinct, there's a lot of things that do, but one of them is that we believe in applying every message that is preached over our pulpits. Uh, and, and sometimes you do go home and you apply things at home and throughout the week, of course. But what makes us even more unique is that we believe applying it right after it was preached. We believe in a response and a demonstration at an altar, in the pew, in the church house, immediately after a word is being preached. Because we believe God is, is, is a God of, of instantaneous operation. Amen. He, he works over the long term, but he works in the short, immediate term as well. And so we're going to give some time to apply his word and to receive all that God has for us today. Amen. I'm excited. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. That just means uh, this experience, this speaking in tongues, came to everyone that was in the room. And the next verse says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues. This is how they knew that they were being filled with something supernatural. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. Now skipping ahead to verse 14. Now Peter, the apostle, is standing and preaching. It says, Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these people that you're hearing speaking in tongues, these are not drunken as you think they are, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's only 9 a.m. We're not that crazy. We're crazy, but we're not that crazy. He says, but this, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What you are seeing and what you are hearing, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what did Joel say? He said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they will prophesy. Amen. We're going to go to verse 21 now to finish our reading. And if I could have just a little bit more monitor up here, brethren, that would be awesome. Just a little bit less. Amen. Verse 21 says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever wants this experience and whoever is willing to cry out to God for salvation, they shall be saved. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the word of God this morning. I'm thankful for his promises. And what I want to preach to us about this morning with the help of the Lord is just this simple thought. It's time for an outpouring. 
It is time for an outpouring. And if you're thankful for the promises of God, if you're thankful for his word, and if you're thankful for all that he's going to do in this house this morning, I wonder if you'd put down your Bibles, clap your hands, lift your hands, lift your voice, do whatever you feel. Let the Holy Ghost lead you right now, and let's let our faith soar. Let's let our faith rise and meet God in the heavens. In Jesus' name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In Bakersfield, as it is in heaven, pour out your spirit, pour out your power, pour out your healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you praise and thanks for all you're going to do. One more time, give Jesus a great mighty hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hey man, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. One man said that it is no use saying that if there is a God who is absolute goodness and perfection, it's no use saying that you don't like him and you're not going to bother about him. For the problem is that one part of you is really on his side and you actually agree with his disapproval of human greed and trickery and exploitation. Now you may want him to make an exception in your own case to let you off this one time, but you know inside that unless God really and truly detests that sort of sinful behavior, then he cannot be good. But on the other hand, we know that if there does exist an absolute perfect goodness, a perfect God, then this goodness must hate most of what we do because we are sinners. This is the terrible fix that we are in. If the universe is not governed by an absolute goodness, then all of our efforts are in the long run hopeless. But if the universe is governed by an absolute perfect goodness, then we are making ourselves enemies to that goodness every day. And we are not in the least likely to do any better tomorrow. And so our case is hopeless again. It's like we cannot do without it and we cannot do with it. God is the only comfort, but he is also the supreme terror. The thing that we most need and the thing that we most want to hide from. He is our only possible ally, but we have made ourselves his enemies. God is either the great safety or the great danger, depending on the way we react to him. And we have reacted as humans the wrong way. Herein lies the dilemma of human existence. This is the great fix that we are in, the great problem that we are in, and, 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 and there had to be an answer to this problem of how to be reconciled to this great perfect goodness when we ourselves are so flawed and sinful. There had to be some type of remedy, some type of mediator to stand in the gap that sin placed between us and God. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, I'm going to paraphrase this. He says, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. 
Paul, right there in that little concise passage, gave us the answer to the dilemma that I just described. The answer to our dilemma is still today the gospel message, which is without question the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The answer to the dilemma of flawed humanity and perfect God is the sacrificial purchase that God made 2,000 years ago on the cross to purchase our salvation. If you're thankful for the cross, if you're thankful for the gospel, if you're not tired of hearing about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I wonder if you could give him some praise right now. There is no other gospel. There is no other way to be saved. There is no other plan of salvation. There is no other remedy for our inherent sin and our inherent flawed nature. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The person standing before you holding the microphone does not deserve God and would not have a way out and a fix for my sin if it was not for the gospel, if it was not for the blood of Jesus that washed me in baptism, if it was not for his spirit that filled me and gave me power to live a above and over sin, amen. Every single one of us uh, must have the gospel. We need the gospel. There's no other way out. There's nothing else that makes sense. There's no other means by which we could be saved or have meaning and purpose in our lives here on earth. The gospel is everything. And for those of you that don't know the gospel story, let me give you a, a very quick, concise uh, nugget of it here on this Father's Day. Amen. The, the gospel, for those who don't know, we know that what God robed himself in flesh. God who is a spirit who does not have flesh and bones and does not have blood that he can bleed for humanity because he's an invisible spirit. He had to come down to earth and robe himself in flesh. The spirit overshadowed the Virgin Mary and she gave birth to Jesus Christ who as we know was God robed in flesh. And, and Jesus Christ, our Savior, walked on the earth for about 33 to 33 and a half years and he hungered just like you and I and he had to sleep and, and eat and work and do all these things just like you and I. He was fully human but he was also fully God at the same time. That's why he could get tired and have to sleep but then he could also go and turn water into wine. That's why he would, he would hunger and, and need to eat and then go. He would go walk on water supernaturally. He was fully God and fully man. And most of us know the story that he uh, went to the cross for our sins because no one else could, could cover our sins. Only perfect, innocent blood could do the job. And so Jesus went to the cross for us. He hung there on the cross and he could have saved himself. He could have brought down legions of angels to get himself off the cross, but he didn't. He hung there for you and I, and the flesh died there on the cross. He died, amen, and his blood was shed for us. He went to the tomb, amen, and everybody was worried. Everybody was afraid. Everybody thought their Savior had died on him, and this was the end of the world. But as we know, about three days later, amen, they saw Jesus again because he did not stay in the tomb. He rose again and came back to life, amen, for you and for I. 
Amen. Resurrected by the power, supernatural power of God. We know that Jesus ascended back into heaven to take his rightful place on the throne. Amen. And, and what he told the disciples, he told them, he said, go to Jerusalem now and wait for the promise of the Father. Amen. You want to talk about Father's Day promises? That's a good one right there. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. They did not know what to expect. They just knew that the Holy Spirit, whatever that might look like, would be poured out on them and they would receive power from on high. So they went to this upper room in Jerusalem and the Bible lets us know for about seven to ten days they prayed and they tarried and they waited on whatever this promise might be. And as we just read, finally the promise came into the room and James was there and John was there. Peter was there. All the disciples were there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. She had to be filled with the Holy Ghost just like everyone else. And in that room as they were praying, in that room as their hands were lifted and they were worshiping. The power of God came into that room and for the first time the spirit was poured out on man and 120 people were filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues and on that day, the day of Pentecost the New Testament apostolic church that we are a part of was born. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the gospel message for the salvation message. Hallelujah. Therefore, Pentecost triggered the beginning of the end. And I know most of us know that story, but I'm, I'm also trying to reach for those of us who maybe aren't as familiar with the scriptures and remind you the power of the cross. And, and Pentecost triggered the end. And that's why in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit. So once the spirit was poured out, the clock started ticking. And it was the last days then, and it's the last days now. The only difference is that we are much further to the end of times than they were 2,000 years ago. Amen. Now is the time more than ever. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to get ourselves right with God and to receive his promises, to obey his word, and to be filled with salvation. Amen. Ever since that day in Jerusalem, I, I really said all of that to say this. Ever since that day in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, God has been pouring out the answer for all of humanity. He has been pouring out his spirit and his power just like he did in Acts chapter 2. The same way he did it then, he's doing it now. And I know he's doing it in Bakersfield, and he's doing it all around the world. He's doing it in China. He's doing it in Germany. He's doing it in Taiwan. He's He's doing it all across the world. He's pouring out his spirit and his power just like he did in the book of Acts. Don't let anybody tell you that he's changed. Don't let anybody tell you that he's different. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't feel and experience his power the same way they did in the book of Acts. If anybody tells that to you, they're lying to you. They're cheating you. They're saying we don't want you to have the same things that Peter and Paul had. No, if they get to have it, then I get to have it too. If if it was their promise, then it's my promise too. If Jesus said it, his word endures forever. So if you need the Holy Ghost or if you need your sins washed away, you're in the right place this morning. God still pours out his promise. God still forgives sins. God still heals bodies. God still heals minds. He has not finished. He's just getting started in these end times.
in Hong Kong just, just last year. I have a friend, an evangelist friend that went to Hong Kong to preach a, a, a large uh, gathering there, amen, of apostolics. And there was Japanese there, and there was Taiwanese there, and, and Chinese there, and they all gathered together. I wish I had time to tell you the whole story. But, but because for sake of time, I'm just going to tell you that he preached and God used my friend. And by the time he was done preaching, amen, there was, and there was several, several, several hundred people there in attendance. By the time he was done preaching and had the altar call, 140 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first times in their life. And 35 people were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the removal of all of their sins. Don't tell me that God's not doing it anymore. Don't tell me he's not powerful anymore. Don't tell me that we receive the Holy Ghost a different way now. All across the world, people are still speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives them the utterance. Nobody's telling them how. Nobody's training them. Nobody's teaching them. They're receiving it because they're hungry, and God fills them the same way he did. I believe it's time for an outpouring in these last days. And right here this morning in Bakersfield, California, I believe believe it's time for an outpouring of God's presence, his power, his spirit, the miracles and supernatural power of God. How many believe that with me today? Come on, come on, how many are not weary and well-doing? How many believe that with me today? How many are be willing to let your faith rise right now before I go any further? Come on, would you just lift your faith? Would you just start believing? Come on, I don't care how many times you may have prayed to receive the Holy Ghost. This morning can be it for you. You can receive it today. I don't care if it's been months. I don't care if, God forbid, it's been years. You can come to an altar, and if you're full of faith, and if you've repented of your sins, God will fill you this morning. I believe that. I'm also happy to tell you that there was more that happened after that altar call. My friend Chris uh, uh, told me, he said that he uh, uh, was done preaching, he was tired, he had traveled a lot, he was exhausted, he was soaked in sweat, and he felt the Lord speak to him. Oh, help us, Jesus. He felt the Lord speak to him and said, listen, my son, I'm not done here yet. There's some people that I want to heal here. And more specifically, he said, son, there's some blinded eyes that I want to open, and there's some deaf ears that I want to heal. And my preacher friend was very nervous in a new environment, he, and he started, you know, doing what we do and making all the excuses as to why that's not possible. And because he's very tired, and having him go back again and preach for something like that is not the most convenient thing. And so he said, Lord, don't you see how tired I am? And I don't even know if there's any blind people here. I don't even know if there's any deaf people here. And he started going through all of that, and, but no matter how he tried to wiggle out of it, the voice of God was still there. There are blind eyes I want to open and deaf ears that I want to heal. And so my friend went back to the platform, and he took the microphone, and he did as God commanded him to do. He said, so I believe God wants to do this. Are there any uh, people that are blind here? Uh, uh, this evening, and there were six people that were blind, amen, that people came and, and led them forward to the front. And then he said, is there any people that are deaf in their ears? And there was a translator that, that used sign language to translate to them, and there were five people that raised their hands and said, yes, we are deaf in our ears, and they came to the front. 
My friend told me that they prayed in the name, the only healing, saving name of Jesus Christ. And they prayed in that name, and it did not take them long. They only prayed for about 20 minutes or so. And I am happy to report that by the time that they were done praying, there were six people that had their blinded eyes open, and there were five people that had their deaf ears unstopped. Do not tell me that Jesus is different now than he was back then. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still pouring out healing. He's still pouring out power he's still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh hallelujah I was just in the nation of Germany just about uh, 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 a few weeks ago, amen, and we were there and we were preaching and teaching there at a church in Germany for two weeks and there, was, uh, uh, there were people preaching and teaching at 22 churches and campuses all throughout the German speaking nations for two weeks, every single night for two weeks, preaching and teaching the apostles' doctrine, holiness, the oneness of God, Jesus' name, baptism, receiving the spirit, etc., etc. And 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 we had harvest services on the weekend and we were we were seeing how, how many people that could receive this promise and receive the spirit and be baptized. Amen. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but over 20 22 different churches over the course of two weeks. Amen. I believe there was about 150 or 160 filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first, for the very first times in their life. Amen, and I believe, I, I can't remember the number, there was many, many baptized as well, I don't have the number right in front of me. Amen, this happened in Germany, this happened in Austria, this happened in Switzerland. I'm, I'm, and I'm happy to tell you that we saw about four or five of that number filled with the Holy Ghost at our campus there in northern Germany. I'm telling you, God is still pouring out his spirit, and there's no reason, and I know it's happening here, don't take this the wrong way, but there's no reason why it should happen over here, or in Africa, or the Philippines, or Germany, or Hong Kong, and not be pouring out in a powerful way here. I'm telling you, if we align ourselves with God's plan and God's word, and we're willing to push past our flesh and push past convenience and willing to pursue consecration and pray and repent of our sins, God will fill us. God will heal us. I'm telling you, he's still moving. He's still able today, and I need some one God, Jesus' name, people to believe those promises with me. I'm trying to hurry. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm trying to preach to everyone, but I'm especially preaching to you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and you've never had that supernatural experience of speaking in other tongues, amen, God wants to give it to you this morning if you want it. If you want it and you're willing to repent of your sins, just like Peter said to do in Acts 2 and 38, he said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he went on to say that it's a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise for whosoever would want it and whosoever would repent. It is for everyone. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
You don't have to wonder. You don't have to be qualified. You don't have to be good enough. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your dirt. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. No matter what you've done and no matter what someone else has done to you, none of it disqualifies you from receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. None of it disqualifies you from going down in water in Jesus' name for the removal, the remission of all your sins. Come on, these are promises and they're free. All you gotta do is ask. All you gotta do is obey. What do you have to lose? You've got everything to gain. On the day of Pentecost, oh, I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. On the day of Pentecost, there were two types of people, amen, just as there are today. And, and this is my, my summary, okay? This is just my observation. There were two types of people. There were observers, and then there were participators. <laughs> there were those that were praying and seeking, and there were those that were watching. Some of them were watching with an open heart, to be fair, and they participated a few minutes later, and they were one of the 3,000 that were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. But there were others that were skeptical. There were others that were mocking. There were others that had their arms crossed. There were others that were just, just, just disgusted by what was happening. Amen. There were people just sitting back wanting nothing to do with it. Maybe they came out of curiosity, and they watched, and they saw some of the tongue talkers, and they heard Peter preach, and they just said, oh, well. Good for them. I'm going to go my way now. And they left without their miracle, without their deliverance, and without salvation. They were just an observer. But then, thankfully, there were participators. Amen. Those who said, no, I'm going to stay in this hot, sweaty upper room for seven to ten days, however long it takes, and I'm going to pray. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe we have to stay here for an altar and pray for seven to ten days before we receive his spirit. I'm not going to ask you to quit your job and just stay here for seven to ten days and not eat and not shave. No. No, it doesn't have to take long, but if we're going to receive what the disciples received, we're going to have to pray as they prayed. We're going to have to pray with faith, we're going to have to pray believing, and we're going to have to pray with something in our hearts and our minds that say, I, I, I am not just going to pray a simple, now I lay me down to sleep prayer and then go. I'm going to pray with faith, I'm going to pray until I receive my miracle, until I receive my salvation. Amen. I'm going to be a willing participator. And I'm glad I'm preaching to people today that are participators. I'm not just preaching to observers today. I'm preaching to people that want to participate in the things of God. And in just a few minutes, you are going to come forward to this front, lift your hands, and be filled with the Spirit. Oh, somebody praise Him right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Observers and participators. Luke 17 and 20 tells us the kingdom of God does not come by observation. It only comes by participation. We must respond. If you want the kingdom of God moving an operation in your life, and I don't know why you wouldn't, it's the best thing on planet earth. Hey man, it's up to us to participate. I'm preaching to people that have never received the Holy Ghost. If you take a step in faith in just a few moments, if you come to an altar and lift your hands and repent of your sins, that's your, your form of participation. God will respond and work a miracle in your life. But I'm also preaching to people maybe that have had the Holy Ghost for a long time. Maybe you're saints of God. Maybe, and, I, and I'm not saying this to, to bash anyone or anything like that, but, but it happens. We go through seasons and trials where we become a little bit dry. We go through seasons and trials where we just become a, a little bit dead inside, perhaps. Amen. And the way that we are going to have the kingdom of God restored and in active operation in our life is by participating. 
is by getting back involved in service, getting back involved in church, getting back involved in the kingdom of God, getting back involved in worship, getting back involved in prayer at church and at home. Come on, the kingdom of God does not come just by observation. It comes only by participation. Hallelujah. And if you want to participate, God's going to help you and fill you today. Some of you might say that I won't believe it until I see it. But God's response is, you won't see it until you believe it. The kingdom of God and the power of God is hidden to those who do not believe. And I would even go so far to say that there are some of us here today, amen, you have always wondered why people around you, you look at them and you see that they're feeling something powerful and they're crying or they're shaking or they're speaking in tongues. And you've wondered why everyone around you and your peer in your row is feeling something, but you're sitting there and you just... You just, you don't feel anything. And, 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 and you've been here before, maybe you've visited a few times, and you think, you know, I don't even know why I'm back here. These people are crazy. They're jumping around. They're shouting. They're speaking in tongues. And I, I don't feel what they're feeling. I don't understand any of this. And what you don't realize is that the power in the kingdom of God is actually all around you. And if your spiritual eyes would be opened, you would see things that you've never seen before. You would see supernatural occurrences like you've never seen before. You would see colors you've never seen uh, uh, contrasted with your life that's black and white right now. Amen. The, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. There's some things that you'll never see and experience unless you have faith, unless you believe, unless you are hungry for God and you respond to him and you participate. Then your eyes will be open and then you'll see, my God, this is what I've been missing out on every Sunday when I come visit. This is what I've been missing out on every time. This is why those people around me raise their hands. This is why those people around me surrender their hearts to God in worship. This is why they lift their voice. This is why tears are coming down their face because it's real. The power. Power and presence of God is the realest thing on planet earth, but your eyes just have to be open. And if you would participate today, your eyes will be open. You will see, and I believe that you will receive as well. Hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry, Brother Bradford. I, I know. Amen. But I, I just got to say this. It, it, it takes our faith. It, it takes our involvement. This is why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. He did not say stumble upon the kingdom. He said seek it. Seek, he said, and you shall find. It takes seeking. That's why people come and pray and lift their hands at an altar call. And maybe they receive the Holy Ghost in 30 seconds. Maybe it's five minutes or ten minutes. Because they are seeking God. And everybody's life and story, his journey is different. I'm not God, I don't know. Amen. But, but we have to seek him. And the promise is that we shall find him if we just seek him. That's why we pray longer than, that, 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 that's why I do more praying than just over my meals. Because when I pray over my meals, I'm not seeking God. That's why I, I, I try to pray for a certain amount every day because I'm trying to seek him for my life. Amen. You say, why does Jesus do this? Well, it's not because Jesus wants to play games. It's not because Jesus wants to send us on an unnecessarily long search. You know why Jesus says this? Because he wants us to participate. He wants us to seek. We don't obtain riches and treasure. In any form in life, we do not obtain riches and treasure by sitting we only obtain them by seeking. In Psalms 27 and 4, the psalmist said this. Guess what he said? He said, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. 
I have a desire for something, but it's not enough just to desire it. I'm going to seek after it as well. There are far too many desires that have been left in the graveyard of good intentions because nobody wanted to step out and seek and put legs to their desire. Amen. I'm glad that you have a desire. I'm glad that you want some things, but it's not enough just to desire them. You have to seek after them as well and put your money where your mouth is and apply some faith. Hallelujah. One thing have I desired, and I will seek after until I get it, we will receive when we believe and when we act upon that belief. And it does not have to take long. It just takes action. Did anybody hear that? It doesn't have to take long. It just takes action. Mark 16, 17 through 18. Why don't the musicians come? Mark 16, 17 through 18 says, these signs shall follow or accompany them that believe. What are the signs? In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall, next verse, they shall recover. Hallelujah. These are our promises. These signs are for everyone and anyone that will believe. Oh, I need somebody to believe this with me. Listen, you might be, you might be soaring with the eagles this morning. And I'm, I'm happy for you. That's good. That's good, but there's some people here that are sick in their mind. There's some people here that are sick in their body, that are sick in their spirit. Amen. And if everything's going good for you, amen, then, 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 then just try to start lifting your prayers and your faith for that person in the pew next to you that you know has a desperate need of God. It says these signs are for everyone, anyone that believes. These signs are for Bishop Frost when he believes. These signs are for only Pastor Bradford when he believes. These signs are for brother, brother, brother Brock when he believes, right? For, or for the evangelist? No. These signs will follow or accompany them that believe. In other words, anybody that will believe can experience these signs and this power. It's for whosoever will. And I was praying in preparation for this service, and I was praying. I always pray this everywhere I go. I pray that the gifts of the Spirit would be in operation because Paul told us to covet earnestly the best gifts. So I pray not just for myself that the gifts of the Spirit would flow, although I pray that. I pray, God, every person in the church, a man of God, woman of God, whatever, obviously the, the leadership team, whatever, the music, let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation. Use people. Give them a boldness to step out of their pew and lay hands on people that need to be filled with the Spirit. Give them a boldness to pray for people that they know that are sick. Let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation, not just in the preacher, but in the church and the saints. And that's what I'm believing for this morning. It is God's will for people to be healed in his name. And it is God's will for people to be filled with his spirit. I'm skipping through all these notes. I wish I had time to tell you about a young nine-year-old nine boy healed of a, an intense, rare form of diabetes in Little Rock, Arkansas. Nobody even touched him. The church was too big for anybody to get to him and lay our hands on him. So all we could do was pray over a massive crowd and speak a word of faith over that crowd. And this nine-year-old boy was healed of diabetes. I've got the, the doctor's report and a picture of them in my email, amen, that his mother sent to me, amen. The doctor said that not only has he been healed, but he will never, they could tell by their testing somehow, he will never, ever have to experience this kind of sickness again. It's completely gone from his blood. It's just gone from his system entirely. 
I wish I had time to tell you these stories. I wish I had time to tell you about a lady in Fairfield, California, healed of hip pain that she had for four years that caused her to barely able to walk, amen. But God healed her miraculously, instantaneously. I wish I could tell you about the lady with breast cancer that had it so bad she could barely lift her arm. But God touched her that service and she was able to lift her arms and worship freely with no pain whatsoever. I wish I could tell you about a man named Corey who used to be an evangelist with the Salvation Army. I didn't even know they had evangelists, but apparently he was one. But he said, I was with the Salvation Army all these years, and I'm thankful for the experiences and the people I met, but it never satisfied me. He said, but now in this apostolic church, I finally found what has satisfied me, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time, speaking in other tongues, a Trinitarian saved by grace right there. In church, I, I wish I wish I had the time to tell you the story of Steve, a 67-year-old retired nuclear physicist who used to make bombs for the government, now sick in bed, in a hospital bed, could barely move, amen, and his body shrunken and shriveled, never known God, a good man, but did not have the Holy Ghost, never been baptized. His daughter, who was not even a Christian, was desperate for healing, so she stumbled into the home missions church that we were preaching at in Tampa, Florida. She said, would you please pray? for my dad. We prayed for him. We, we anointed a handkerchief with oil and we sent it to her that night. She put it on his hospital gown as he was sleeping and in the morning when he woke up, he was significantly better. The tube that was in his throat where he could not speak because it was helping him breathe was taken out. His mental clarity was better than it had been in weeks. Amen. God was already starting the healing. So we went to the hospital to follow up and pray for him again and when we went to the hospital, we prayed for him in Jesus' name and I'm happy to tell you that not not only was his body progressively healed, amen, but as he laid there in the hospital bed and as we were praying, his heart monitor machine started beeping like crazy and we were praying and I was so afraid that we were probably going to kill Steve. I thought it was over. I thought the nurses were going to come in and shut the whole thing down. But I realized a few seconds later that the realized his heart rate was so increased is because the spirit was... Because the Spirit of God was filling his heart. And as we looked and saw him on the hospital bed, his mouth started stammering. His lips and tongue started trembling. And the next thing you know, a heavenly, beautiful language started flowing out of his mouth. At 67 years old, in a hospital bed, God poured out his Spirit on Steve. Steve was baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of his sins. Saved by the gospel of God. Don't tell me that God has stopped working. Don't tell me that God doesn't work miracles anymore. Don't tell me that God does not pour out his spirit. Come on, come on, the power of God is here. Here's what I want us to do. People are already coming. People are already coming. Amen. If you could turn me up just to make sure I'm heard, just to make sure I'm heard and we're good. If you've never received, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See, there's already people up here. You don't have to come up alone. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, please, so I know who you are and I know what your need is, would you please come to this front? Would you please come to this front area? If you just leave this open for those who have never received the Holy Ghost. If you've never received, it's all right. Don't be afraid. Nobody's going to bite you. We're all family here. That's it. That's it. Just right here. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, never received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Anybody, anybody from the back to the front. I know there's a few here in Jesus' name. Come on, keep praying, church. Keep praying. Come on, let's, let's extend our faith. Hallelujah. 
if you've never had the Holy Ghost, here I'm standing here with you so you're not alone. <laughs> Amen, beautiful. Thank you for your faith, thank you for your honesty. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, I want you to come to the front, right here where I can see you. And if you need a healing in your body, listen, there's too many of us here to, to try to reach everyone, but if you need a healing in your body, and if you're physically able, I want you to come to the front. As, as close as you can, I want you to come up. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's keep praying, let's keep praying, let's keep praying. It's all right, we're not, we're not stopping the spirit here, we're just flowing with them, we're flowing with them. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, try to come to this section as close as you can. If you need a healing, try to come over here to my left side. Amen. Amen, the power and presence of God is here. Come on, I'm just gonna give it a few more seconds. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? That's it, go ahead, brethren, go ahead. Start letting the Spirit lead you. Hallelujah. If you need the Holy Ghost and you have not yet repented, you have not yet repented of your sins, I want you to repent of your sins right now. Start asking God for forgiveness. Start repenting of your sins right now. Come on, you don't have to do it long, but just start repenting. Jesus, I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. I'm sorry for what I've said. I'm sorry for what I've thought. Come on, God's fixing to pour out his spirit right now. That's it, just repent, repent, repent. And when you're done repenting, come on, when, you, when you've already asked Jesus for forgiveness, then all you have to do is lift your voice and worship. All you have to do is lift your voice and worship God and praise Him and thank Him in advance and He will fill you. Come on, if you need a healing in your body, start speaking the name of Jesus over the part in your body that's sick. Start speaking the name of Jesus over your body. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus Christ, on the authority of the Word of God and in Jesus' name, I bind sickness and I lose healing. I bind doubt and I lose faith. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed of all of your disease. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed of all your sickness. In the name of Jesus Christ, be filled with the Spirit of God right now. In Jesus' name, be filled, be filled. Receive, receive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Bye. 